Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 128. Bringing in the new year, Ted. Congratulations. 2024. First question. Is, did you make? Did you think you'd make it to 2024? This is disgusting. It's disgusting. Disgusting. I, I remember when I thought that the year 2000 was a long way away. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting is, you know, you and I are past that 40 age and we're obviously a little bit past 50. I'm close to closing in on 50 and it's the same routine. We've talked about this before. When you're involved with as many things as we're involved with and you have kids, every day flies by. Yep. 24 hours seems like 10 minutes. Pretty much. It's pretty crazy. Well, before we go into Christmas and New Year's and all that fun stuff, I have to do this off the top or I'll get yelled at by many of our listeners. It's time for the Jersey game, Ted, your favorite game. Yeah. Number 28. Her Herman Fontenot. Boom. Herman Fontenot. And a pro bowler for this year. J-O-K. 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 We won't try to say his name. We'll butcher it just like many other folks have including Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Um, James Brooks also played for the Browns. You remember him? The guy, uh, very old, good running back. The old for Bengals running back, right? Yeah. Everson Walls. Ever oh, wow. The old Lee Baden. Remember Lee? Uh, very, vaguely. And if your name is Davis, Ben Davis is probably the most successful number 28 we had. But then we also had James Davis, who played in 09 and 010. And I know you're counting down and writing down all the stats I, from James Davis. I'm getting my James Davis jersey after the show. Oh, I thought you were already actually wearing it, but well, that's okay. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the Cavaliers is going to be really tough. I don't think you're going to get these. It's three guys. Tony Dumas, nothing. you got to watch the way you say that. <laughs> Who? Exactly. Played in 98. Dwayne Jones. Yep. Appreciate the answer. <laughs> Mufandu Kabangela. I'm sorry. 21. Mufandu Kabangela. I think I, hold on. Let me get that. I have some of that on my shirt here. Yeah, it's shot. will take it out. Okay. About your tribe, Guardians. Um, you got to get, I think you'll get a couple of these. Mark Wiley? No. No? What number was he? I know he was. Well, he a wasn't 28. That, I wrote down all the good 28s. He wasn't uh, one well, of them. You wrote down the good 28s. I said Mark Wiley. I heard what you said. He's okay. not 28. I didn't see his uh, name on the list. 28. Corey Snyder. Yes. Um, um, oh, uh, who's the guy who had uh, uh, his, a brother? Uh, they, they were brothers. Um, he had a brother. Yeah. <laughs> They both played baseball in the big leagues. You're thinking about the Negroes? No, no, more, much more recent. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't about. know. Okay. Well, All right, one guy's an announcer. Um, Made one of the most famous catches in Cleveland Stadium. That'd be uh, the uh, one and only Rick Manning. Very well done. The other guy is a Hall of Famer. Played for a couple different teams. What era? Uh, probably you're looking at 70s and 80s. What number was Andre Thornton? He was not 28. 28, okay. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know. Burt Blylevin. Be home Blylevin. You also have Ed Tobinsey. I know you forgot about him. <laughs> Joey Cora. Remember Joey Cora? Yeah. He had one stint with us. Also, Russell the Muscle Branion. I know that was your favorite player. Oh, yeah. Ben Broussard. Right-handed right hitting. He was the uh, um, Serrano of the team. He was. Yeah. Curveball, not so good. Right. And Corey Kluber. How can we forget Corey Kluber? Does he you still did. have Does he still have two arms? He's, as far as I know, last year... I believe he was pitching for Boston. Okay. The previous year is the year that the uh, the Guardians went crazy and had that long 
playoff run where they lost to the Yankees, but they had that win over Tampa Bay and Kluber's the one that gave up the, uh, the run to uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. So, so Ted, there you go. You deserve it. You got your Jersey numbers. I won't Thank get yelled you. at. Thank you. We'll continue from there. How, so, was your, how was your Christmas? Christmas was good. A lot of time with family. Got to see my sister and my two nephews from Seattle. They spent the week here. But outside of Riley, my son getting COVID. So that kind of took us oh. down for a couple of days. Um, everything was great. Christmas was fun. Um, the new year, I worked at Cool Beans, which was kind of fun. And then spent some time with... Uh, the Forgosh clan and my brother and all that to bring in the new year. So it was uh, very exciting. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy, no drama. And as at our age, that's what we're looking for. How about you yourself? Go. Oh, good. Good Christmas. Uh, youngest kid came in at five eleven. I told him to go back to sleep. Yeah. He said, uh, but I'm not tired. I said, go talk to your mother. He said, she told me to come and see you. <laughs> well, if you don't get the answer from one person, right. see if you can get it from someone else. So at that point, I said, I'm going back to sleep. Here's my phone. No, yeah, just give him your phone. Yeah, just give him the phone. Hand it over. It's Slept like giving away hours. your wallet. Here, just take the phone. Take Another it. Another couple hours. Out. We've lost our uh, our living room. We have no no room in the living room now. Got it. We I understand. Santa, Santa brought a a uh, carpet that's a uh, it's a hockey rink design. Okay. So our kids have found every empty box they could locate, and a few that aren't empty for the walls around the the rink. That's fun. And they have a little. They have the little sticks and the little a little ball, and they play hockey. I think it's awesome. Cool. So yeah, uh, cool. got some Legos as well. That's been exciting. Is there for yourself or for the kids? Oh, for the kids, but I it like might this. as well be for me. You know, I, yep. You got to hop in. And then on New Year's, the kids decided they were going to stay up because my wife made the mistake of letting them know that uh, uh, we had uh, purchased sparkling grape juice to ring in the New Year. Nice. So they stayed up, almost missed the ball drop, but we got it. And uh, yeah. So you made it past midnight. I did. I don't know how I did. Wow. But... That I I was doing some betting on that. And yeah. Our friend John Ryan make it make some bets <laughs> on that for it. There was no way. I, I took the under on that. There's no yeah. way. Yeah. I lost. Okay. I lost. Okay. By the Congrats. way, uh my son thought it was great when uh after the ball dropped, LL Cool J was singing. I'm going to knock you out. And I said, I said, I'm going to make him sound better. And my oldest son said, how are you going to do that? And I hit the mute button. <laughs> Come on. My guy is over 50. Still rocking it. Still doing it. LL. I don't know. I don't know any of the people. Uh, you know, the LL Cool J was like the only one I knew. All these other yeah. people I didn't know. And then the poor woman that won the, the million dollars collapsed on the on the stage and Ryan Seacrest, I thought was going to have to give her chest, chest massage or, or oh, mouth to mouth or something. Yeah. Ryan's not a very big dude. So no. yeah, he's not going to be able to help very much. No. Wow. But that's what we got. Well, well, and of course more and exciting stuff, but I'm glad your new year was well, as well as your Christmas. That's important. Oh, so the weather was well, let's be honest. We can't, we have no reason to complain about that. Nope. Very mild, very mild. Very mild. We get uh, like my salsa. We need to get our official meteorologist back on it. Oh yeah, I actually have a meeting with him coming up soon, so yeah. he'll be. Uh, I think we're going to have the opportunity to have him on the next podcast. So. Tell him. Tell him we need to compare his forecast to the farmer's almanac. Yep. Three foot rodent, and he'll be right yep. on. Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll get that done. All Mr. Right. Sable will be back in action. Well, coming up on this week's show, we have a cheesy record. A naked man in a retail store, hmm. a Christmas tree with a guest, an exploding toilet, and more. Handicapper John Ryan is here to talk some sports betting. And a new segment, Ken. What's on the DVR? And now, 
A Woman's Perspective. What do you call a married man vacuuming? Doing what he's told. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Dad, we have some good news. A 13-year-old has become the first player ever, I repeat ever, to officially beat the original Nintendo version of the game Tetris. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah. Willis Gibson made it to what gamers call a kill screen. That's a point where the Tetris code glitches and crashes the game. That's a big deal in the world of video games. For a long time, players of Tetris thought the game was unbeatable. The makers of Tetris agree. They released a statement congratulating Gibson. Tetris celebrates its 40th. Oh, my gosh. It's 40th birthday this year. Yeah. That's been around for 40 years. How about that? Oh, my gosh. So you celebrate when you break the game. Yeah, it's broken. (laughs) Doesn't work. Then you know you won. Good for Willis. I uh, Willis. My I heard man. that I heard that uh, the makers of Tetris, uh, the end of their statement, well, the beginning of their statement, when they first heard that this had happened, they said, uh, "What you talk about, Willis?" <laughs> it's time for a new segment on the show, Ken. I think we've outlined this before, but for those who may not recall, our family. Uh, lives in the same house as my in-laws. And so with that comes the setup that we share a DVR with my in-laws. Sure. And some of the recordings that pop up on the DVR from time to time are head scratchers, jaw droppers, whatever. So we thought it would be fun to bring my wife on and have her scroll through and share with us some of the unique highlights. This segment is called what's on the DVR. Hi, Erica. Hi. This is outstanding. You have no idea my excitement level right now. This is, (laughs) this is great. I I am super excited to hear this because in all honesty, Erica, sometimes I don't trust Ted. I think he's, Giving me a bunch of lines. It's nice to hear it right from the person that's in charge. No, actually, our our house is different. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Our house is different. Our house is different. Yep. All right. So yeah. the the majority of these recordings are recorded are 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 recorded by who, Erica? <laughs> My mother. Your mother. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. So, Erica, tell yeah. me what's on the DVR. Well, I actually recorded today right after Rawhide. Um, Rawhide. Oh, that's was, awesome. What a great, that's a great show. I haven't seen that in a long it, time. That is a good show. It, it's a good show. You know, Erica, Erica has a database. <laughs> the theme song well, is nothing, nothing's better well, than no, the theme my song. My database is for Bonanza. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I has a database to- for Bonanza. That's a segment. Why do we have a database for Bonanza? That's next week, next time on the show. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So, um, Ancient Aliens special presentation, Gone Without a Trace. Okay. Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens. These are the really old aliens. We're not talking about the newbies, right? Um, So, it's they're supposedly investigating missing person reports from across the world in various time periods. Looking for a link that connects these random events to greater theories. What uh, what network is this on? This was on the History Channel. Oh, interesting. Okay, that actually is kind of interesting. All right, I'm writing these down as we go. That's good because yeah, we need to know what channel so that our listeners can try to catch them. And it actually appears that my mother recorded the entire program. Now, how often does that happen, Erica? (laughs) Um. Probably about half the time. Half the time. But that's yeah. So we wait a minute. Go through when we clean out the DVR, half the time we look at these uh, bizarre recordings, and they'll be like seventeen minutes. Oh, it's not the full. It's not oh, the full no. show. Oh no! No, no. Why is that? 40, Why is it not the full minutes. show? And she caught it halfway through and hit. Oh, it. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Right. Because why? Right. You know, why do you need the whole thing? No, you just need a good seventeen. You don't minutes. need a two-hour movie when you can have uh, an hour and eighteen minutes of it. You're saving right. time and condensing. That's yeah. the way the world is. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. What else? Um. Well, this one's actually one of my favorites. Oh, um. To catch a smuggler. <laughs> to catch a smuggler. Yeah. This particular episode is Stash House Takedown. So, um, and called what? Stash House Takedown. Stash House Takedown. Okay. Yeah. So the what it is is that um Homeland Security okay, so I'll I'll read the description. Homeland Security investigates I don't have my glasses on, so hold on. <laughs> She's using the force, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Um Homeland Security investigations disrupt a transitional meeting. Oh no, eight, I'm sorry, eight, <laughs> not a transition. Oh, a transactional meeting with US Customs and Border Patrol. Well, they seize a huge shipment of illegal shark fins. Oh. Ooh. Oh, wait. Okay. So they, they were describing, I didn't see the uh, semicolon. Sorry. But <laughs> yeah. So, and I've actually seen this episode. It was quite good. Oh, well. So yeah, they totally, you can see them take down this guy who um, gets a shipment delivered to his house. And then the guy takes the shipment and tries to distribute amongst his dealers. Hmm. So they get to take down the guy and a couple dealers. So this is um, like watching, this is almost like it's, it's kind of like cops. I was going to say like cops. Okay. But with cool. like, yeah, border patrol. And then the border patrol people, um, they seize uh, people trying to ship over um, shark fins. Um, shark fins are used um, often in cooking, in soup. Mm -hmm. um, it's very illegal. So, wow. If right. anybody were to watch um, To Catch a Smuggler, To Catch a Smuggler, they'd know that. Yeah. Where where do I watch this on? Um, so, this was on uh, the National Geographic channel. Oh, wow. Okay. And if you're lucky, they have To Catch a Smuggler in not just the United States, but they also have it in Rome, in Peru, and Madrid. Oh, so they're going to different series. areas. Okay. There's different series that you can wow. record. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Gotta love to catch a smuggler. All, All right. right. You, got a, you got one more that's uh, that's uh, extra bizarre. Extra bizarre. Oh. Um, da, 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 da. Well, How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> right. Um, mm -mm. Do we want to go political or not? It doesn't make any difference. Okay, so the Biden Chronicles. The Biden. The, the Biden, Biden Chronicles. Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you have? Would you have the opportunity to watch the full episode? Or was that like five um, or six minutes? This is not something I watch. No. Okay. No. Um. So. Interesting. But, um, All right. I believe actually the series is set to record. Um. So the whole episode was recorded by my mother. Huh. And yeah. I guess the question I have, do you have room on your DVR? No. Well, is there any space left or do you no. have to delete stuff I, to record you know, more? This morning before Ted called to say, hey, we're going to do this segment. I had actually deleted a lot of recordings, but with all the things I did delete. Yeah. Um, we are currently up to 40 hours of recording available which is 11 percent of our dvr 11 <laughs> so 80 percent is taken up wait a minute now, <laughs> well i only got 11 percent left about 40 hours yeah right couple questions here yeah the home shopping network recordings Oh, you know what? It doesn't categorize by channel. Oh, okay. But I'm minute. sure you're, there are some. You're recording yeah. the home shopping? Well, no, no, no. Wait oh, my God. Wait a let me let me be clear. We aren't recording any of this stuff. I, and we, I mean the household. Okay. But the, between the two the two families. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, oh, I did um, also recently see when I was flipping over, because it, it records the recording. The DVR shows recordings by date, recordings by title, and then recording space yaddy. So um, when I was flipping over, it categorized by title. So it's in alphabetical order, numerical order. First at the list, 50 years of the AFI Lifetime Achievement Awards. Oh. But. <sighs> Boom. I don't believe that the full thing was recorded. Oh, dang it. 
So, um, because there's only 48 minutes of it. (laughs) 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 Um, and, um, if you were to catch this whole episode or this whole show, uh, you could find it on TCM. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, do we have any, uh, uh, CBS sports spectacular, uh, recordings currently? Um, not currently. Um, there is not uh, a CBS spectacular recording, but the last one I saw, I believe, was on. Um, it was about the Dubai, um, Indy, the Indy racing in Dubai. Hmm. I didn't know such such a thing existed. And you asked but... your mother about this? No, you know what? I haven't. Okay. I should. It would be interesting. So, Ted, you're not recording this, Erica. You're not no, recording this. No, no, not, uh, Honestly, if it's not hockey, I'm not recording it. Spectacular. Got it. <laughs> no, negative. Bye. Uh, before we let you go, Erica. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you didn't have your glasses. You want to? Uh, <laughs> briefly... So I want closer to the TV so I can see our 70 inch TV. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can you describe your current glasses and what you refer to them as? Well, you re- gave them the nickname. Okay. <laughs> What's the nickname, Erica? <laughs> They're my Roosevelt. <laughs> They're the what? They're her Roosevelts. <laughs> Do you want to know why they're her Roosevelts? Oh, I need to know. Well, so when Teddy Roosevelt wear glasses, his glasses were only sat on the top of his nose. Yes. So she's right? broken off the 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 arms both, both yeah. sides of the glasses. So when she puts her glasses on, she just puts them on her nose and that's how she wears them. But I can't move my head too fast. Where no. they fall <laughs> off. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's hysterical. So um I, I have my Roosevelt's, but I do have a couple of pairs of new glasses on order. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. Yeah. Yeah, because well disappointed I, when those come in. Well, yeah. But I did the glasses I ordered are totally cool because it's a clear frame and then you can change it has a two little magnets on the front and you can change the front mm. so you can change your style and look. Oh, Ooh. that is cool. Wow. Yeah. That is neat. I like that. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited and I can't wait for those to come. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, all right. Can you get any well, other you. questions here? No, I I have to kind of take a step back and think about some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> some of these shows actually seem pretty cool. I'm just I'm concerned about the the DVR usage that you guys are doing. It could affect other people, so that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to delete some of the kids' shows just because my mom has recorded other items. Um. There's a Harrison Ford movie on there. Um, I don't know. Okay, hold on. There were actually two earlier this week. Oh, I don't know why we're recording movies, Ken. We have streaming. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. What did I see on there? Uh, that saw... Air Force One and Indiana Jones and the Temple. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. I really love that movie. But why are yeah. we recording those? I'm sorry. I said, why are we recording those? Um, my mom thought I, I know why. I, I don't know. I know. You know what? You don't know when you're going to run into a situation where all your streaming services go down and you need to watch Indiana Jones. You hit the right. button watching. I'm not going to be. I don't think this needs to be talked about anymore. <sighs> I know exactly what your mom is going through, Erica. Yeah. You got to have Do that you? movie and you want it now. Boom. <laughs> right. And you don't want to have Good. to remember your password to log in. Right. You just have to yeah. hit a button and it plays. Yeah. Dad, you worry about yourself. Worry about yeah. your own viewing. Don't worry about right. anybody else's. Yeah. Erica. Yeah. Thank you for letting us know what's on the DVR. Sure. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> there we go. Erica, right. you're awesome. You sound great. You should be on every week. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. And I was wondering if she had captured Indiana Jones, the whole thing. And I think she actually did. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. All right. I love it. All right. Erica, okay. thank you for well, your hey, time. I'm going to go finish watching my show. Get your show done. While I finally sit down to eat breakfast. And so. then are you going <laughs> to come here and exchange your car? 
Um, I should. Um, the dealership called me and said they had to. They were giving it a once over safety inspection. Okay. So they were going to let me know when the car is ready. But yeah, okay. it was actually kind of my plan to do that. Okay. So, all righty. Bye. Bye, Erica. Thanks. See ya. All right. Bye. Well, Ted, I was out and about Northeast Ohio, spending my hard-earned money, and I went to the fi- these fine establishments in the past two weeks. The Brew Garden in Strongsville. Love it. Lovely time. Good place. Planted Flag. Good to see old Mr. Words. He's got a new beer out. It is a, I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but I'll say it real softly, Blood Orange IPA. Ooh. It's pretty sweet. Okay. Um, I went to Fatheads in Middleburg Heights. Burtwood and the old uh, old stomping grounds of Rocky River, and then Panini's and Westlake took all those in. So okay. great time all around the holidays, seeing some friends, hang, hanging out with family. It was absolutely wonderful. I'll have more out and abouts for you in 2024 yeah. on location when my daughter is part of these competition dance teams, and Ooh. I can give you a report from Pittsburgh, Mason, Ohio, Sandusky, and Canton. As well, as well as Columbus. Okay. Can't wait to do that for you. As I'll need to be out and about to enjoy some of that. So, Well, I'm going to be out and about uh, coming this coming weekend uh, for a hockey tournament in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, Ann Arbor? Yeah. You'd well, be celebrating the national championship, maybe. But I have a single day out and about to tell you about. Ooh. We had... Lots of hockey on Saturday. Okay. We had a game for my middle son at 1040 a.m. in Canton, Akron. Okay. Okay. Games are an hour, so now it's 1140. Where'd you play at? Kent State? No, uh, the Center Ice uh, Arena Complex. Oh, geez. Okay. That's nice. So from there... My oldest son was with me because he had a game coming up. That game uh, was at 245 in Fremont. (laughs) All right. Go over to Fremont. Play that game. Now it's 345. Head back. He's got a home game in Shaker at 630. Oh, my. Made it to all those. Wow. And then because I didn't see enough hockey after his second game was the Shaker varsity game. So we stayed and watched that. Did you PA that game? I did not. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me you had a PA announcement. No. Well, I PA'd his, his uh, PA game, his home game, but not the Shaker varsity. How's your goal sound? How, how was that? Do oh, you... it's a. It's a... Oh, you, you don't do it yourself? You don't... No, don't do it myself. You don't do that? But I will tell you that uh, we drove 250 miles. I saw a 4-4 tie. I saw a 7-zip loss and a 6-4 win. Oh, wow. Okay. And the 6-4 win was three miles from my house. Nice. <laughs> Everything else is a little bit farther. Too you far. took your beat. You took your, you took your losses a little farther out. Yeah. Got to drive two hours each way to watch a seven zip loss to the Fremont like... ice wolves who play some sound effect. that sounds like somebody stepping on a cat. Yeah. I, I feel your pain on that. It's a great out and about. Overachievers. Now a pair of French pizza chefs have broken Broken, I say. Broken the world record for making a pizza with the most variety of cheeses. Hmm. Benoit Bruel and Fabian Montalanico. Montalanico? I love it. I'm glad I I love the way you're saying it. Sounds really good. Made a pizza with 1,001 different types of cheese. Previous record was 834 cheeses on one pizza set in 2001 there's over 1000 and one different types of cheeses apparently holy moly 
And I'll That's bet crazy. they didn't use, uh, you know, stinky cheese or foot cheese or whatever you call it. You think they used American cheese? You think that even, I bet you these, there's no way these these French pizza pe- chefs are doing that. Too good. That's too considered good. taboo. Yeah. American cheese. That's that's just, you know, that's low level. Well, that's an overachiever. Time to talk some sports betting. And I could not think of a better person to do that with John Ryan from Predictive Playbook. And John, very interesting times for us right now when it comes to the end of the regular season for NFL. We come off the national championship for college football. And obviously we have a lot of other sports going on with college basketball and hockey, NBA, you name it. So busy time of year, is it not, John? Oh, it's extraordinarily busy, Ken, and you know better than uh, most how busy it can get. Uh, what a what a weekend we've had, and it was culminating with the national championship game last night. I think that was the, at least the sixth one that was uh, kind of in blowout fashion out of the ten. Uh, but I'm already looking forward to next year with 12 teams and the committee not having to be stressing about uh, narrowing it down to the final four. And then, of course, in the news, unfortunately, it's very sad that those members who volunteer their time, by the way, they don't get paid. There's 13 of them, and they all essentially have received death threats and bomb scares at their homes. That has to be removed from society, I think, overall. But that's a totally different show, Ken. Yeah. But I do think um, college football ended on a very, very positive note. And maybe even Jim Harbaugh cleaned up the rep a little bit with how he conducted himself after the game. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It's pretty impressive, man. What a season he's had. I mean, 15 and 0. I heard some crazy stats today. They didn't have many penalties. I think they averaged like one penalty a game. Something it, to it that extent. I mean, low. just unbelievable season. I mean, you just got to have hats off. I don't care what area of the country you're in or who you root for. It's hard not to say, wow, hats off to, to Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. No question. And uh, I'll tell you one thing to think about next year. And People listening might want to write this down, put it in your notebook for next uh, August is Penn State lost to Ohio State and Michigan by single digits. You know, that, that kind of hit me last night, that Penn State, I think, is a team that's actually closer to making a run at the national championship than I thought possible even just a week ago. Um, that sophomore quarterback, Drew Allard, is is a five-star recruit, and he's got one year under his belt now. He'll be a junior next year. And uh, it could all come together for Happy Valley, quite possibly. And if you, when the future's odds come out and you like my idea and nothing changes at Penn State that would alter that, then getting on board with a futures bet early uh, would probably be a smart thing to do. Yeah, that's probably a good call, John. Is we're big fans of Drew Aller. He's from uh, Medina High School here in Northeast that's Ohio. Right. So, yeah, yep. we're, we're very big fans of him. And, you know, it should be interesting with their offense. As you kind of bring this up, they got the offensive coordinator from Kansas, who, boy, they'd like to sling it all over the field. So that should be very, very interesting with him. Well, John, taking a look, obviously, now as we move to the weekend, I cannot believe we finished the regular season in, in NFL football, by the way. It just, I, I'm I'm kind <laughs> of flabbergasted. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, here we are in January, and now we're talking playoffs. But some very interesting matchups. Uh, obviously, you've done very well when it comes to certainly uh, taking a look at games and, and forecasting and and giving us some great bets all throughout the year. What kind of tickles your fancy for some of those games? Anything you're looking at so far that maybe, you know, people should maybe taking a look now as opposed to the end of the week? Well, I'll tell you, it, it does seem like uh, the season just started uh, like last month. Uh, it has flown by and we've had more ups and down swings than I can remember. We've had more lead changes in games this season than I can remember. Kansas city has the most games over the last three seasons, for example, where both they and their opponent, had a seven or more point lead in the game. It's, it's unprecedented. But you know what? It, it, it's what the NFL has always wanted. And parity among these teams, which they started in the mid-90s, is creating these big swings where a team gets up 10 nothing, and you, you go get a hoagie, you come back, and lo and behold, it's 24-10. The other team scored 24 unanswered. And I think there's going to be more of the same in the playoffs. I know um, – I humbly state this. I know on your show it might have been too – Two months ago, three months ago, I was trying to instill hope into the Cleveland fan base, uh, especially in lieu of all the injuries they suffered early on. And lo and behold, they came through. And I think they're going to keep rolling. I think this is a very dangerous team. I think Cleveland fans have a lot to be proud of. They've uh, overcome 
a mountain of problems, and they've overachieved the whole entire season. And they're going to be on the road at Houston as a favorite. And I can tell you this, favorites in the wild card round that are on the road do well against the spread and straight up. The Eagles are another one that fits that mold, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, but I do think Cleveland is favored correctly. I think it's probably a little bit cheap because Houston's been – I mean, what have they done? They've outperformed probably more than any other team in the whole entire NFL. Uh, but I think Cleveland has that special mix of, of um, you know, uh, what is it? Not karma. It's that moxie, you know, that swag that is not arrogant. It's, it's very, you know, constructive. But they have that confidence that just exudes around them that actually can be intimidating to another team especially one that is into the playoffs as kind of like a rookie in the Houston Texans. So I hope you're bullish on the, on the Browns this week. Oh yeah, for sure. John, no, there's no doubt. I, I, if I had a choice, I would have liked to play either Indianapolis or Jacksonville. I think Houston, they have the best quarterback. And as you know, the teams that win have good quarterback play. So, but you know, the bonus for the Browns is that, they do have a very good defense and you talk about, you know, you were talking about before of, you know, finding ways to be positive about the team and, you know, they've had an influx of injuries and all that stuff. But I think the coordinator for defense and Jim Schwartz, I think he's been amazing. I really do. I think he's changed the whole culture of the team. And I think it's part of the big reason that they've been playing so well. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's fun to watch, you know, Saturday, four 30 and, We'll turn that on and see how that goes. But, yeah, so your thoughts are is the Browns would be certainly a good bet for this week. That You certainly think that? Yeah. Uh, Cleveland is also 10-3 and three against the number in games played on a grass field this season, and that is an important stat. Not all fields are grass. The artificial turf may look like grass, uh, but it's so well manufactured these days that, you know, a place like MetLife, which is very dangerous field for injuries, yeah, looks like it's a grass field, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, that stands to reason, too, that Cleveland, with that defense, would play better on a slower track, so to speak, with grass versus uh, the AstroTurf. And um, they do have a little system here, I believe, for the under, which I also like, mainly because of the Cleveland defense. And if you like this idea, then you might also like playing the under and the team total for the Texans. Uh, because I don't think they get over that, that total either. So you can pick or choose, you know, you're betting pizza money here. Uh, so make sure it's not the end of the world, of course, when you uh, make these bets. It should be pizza or maybe two pizzas or IPA or whatever it is that you like. Um, but anyway, with the under, uh, we're going to bet under with home teams with the totals between 42 and a half, 49 points. One of the teams being Houston in this case, covering the spread in four or five of the last six games. So they've been running hot. They've been scoring more than expectations to win these games and cover the spread. And they have a win percentage between 51 and 60 percent on the season, 70 and 30 since 1983. That comes out to about 70 percent winners over a very, very long stretch of time. So I, I think the under is probably the way to go. Wow. Well, that's a very interesting bet, John. And, you know, as I think about it and think about the game and obviously, you know, once again, you never promote or anything like that, a teaser or a parlay. But maybe if yeah. you want to take some pizza money and. Obviously, do a teaser with the Browns and the under. That might not be a bad bet either. So that's 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 great information, John. Now, one thing that we kind of talked about from some of the previous times you've been with us. And once again, appreciate your time. Once again, we have John Ryan from Anytime Playbook. Uh, one thing that I think people need to get some more information on and more intel. And we, you know, obviously, I listen to different podcasts and hear a lot of different things on betting. The one thing that I heard that many people are taking advantage of, and you can actually do well if you know what you're doing, is doing live betting for NBA basketball games with totals. <laughs> what is your thought process on that? What's a safe way to do that? If people at home are interested and they're watching a game, be it the Cavs or whoever they're watching, and they want to put some money down, what's your what's your intel to them to do it safely, but also maybe a, a little bit of an advantage of what they should do if they wanted to have a chance of maybe doing a little bit more winning as opposed to losing. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's a great question. And I, and I do think uh, the, the live betting is going to evolve. Uh, people are going to stop using it to hedge an initial bet and have a strategy for using the live bet for the same team that they liked before the game started. And that's one of the big mistakes that people make, especially in the NFL. Um, you pick, uh, let's say we picked uh, Cleveland to, to win uh, covering spread of two and a half points against Houston this week. 
What's to say that Houston doesn't start out 10-0? Yeah. Are you going to then uh, bet Houston and hedge your bet that you think you was a poor bet just because it's 10-0? Of course not. But a lot of people do. Yeah. And that's the... I think that's the most common mistake I've, I've seen with new betters is they, they get too caught up in the moment too early on. And truthfully, I don't watch many games, uh, at least not live. I'll get the condensed versions, you know, and then they have the, you know, the coaches film on next gen stats, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can watch a game in 15 minutes on Monday morning. Um, so Sundays are usually my you know, regroup day, so to speak, after talking about this for six days in a row. Uh, but nevertheless, with the NBA, one of the most common ones I like doing, and I've actually started running some uh, Python apps um, to adjust this. Originally, five years ago, whenever live in-game betting really started to go, I played around with scoring runs. So if an NBA team scored 10 unanswered points and that was your opponent, on you know the opponent to the team that you bet on, well, then that's a great opportunity to get a live in-game bet. One, there's usually a timeout, and they go to a commercial break, which gives you ample time to get the bet done. And sure. you're not having to worry about it changing like every two seconds uh, because, you know, the, the action is so fast. And if you do that uh, consistently over the course of the season, it will add money to the bottom line. doesn't always work. Sometimes teams just, you know, they get down 12 points and they get blown out. And there's nothing you can do about that. But, I mean, think about it. If you're looking at Apple computer stock, um, even now, it was a high of like 195 just not too long ago. Now it's around 180. Um, and you put half of your allocated money for that particular stock already in play. Wouldn't you want to put some more into play at 180, knowing yes. that Apple mm-hmm. is that good? You know, yes. it's, that, it's the same strategy. Yep. And, um, and it's not dollar cost averaging either, which is a term I hate, Ken. You know, dollar cost averaging, when a, when a, back in the day when they did have stockbrokers, Whenever that was uttered, it, it would just give me the chills because it's the most ridiculous thing I can ever think of. Why in the world would you take good money and throw it on top of bad money? I never understood that concept. I, I get it, like, strategically. Yeah, okay, you're lowering your cost. And okay, well, what if, this, what if the, the stock is uh, ultimately going to go down to zero? Then it's not very good. Yeah. So the same thing with the NBA. There's going to be games where – um, an opponent's going to get out ahead of you and you're going to be losing against the spread. You're going to do these live in game and it gets worse and worse and worse. Kind of like the Eagles playing the Giants this past week. <laughs> so, it just kind of crept into my head there because I almost did pull the trigger at 24 nothing, uh, thinking that, you know, okay, well, if I'm getting 23 and a half, I mean, the Eagles should outscore them in the second half. Uh, glad I didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but those things happen. But more than likely, what's going to happen is these big runs are then answered by another run. So what I recommend, if you're interested in doing this to the people listening, is paper trade it. Don't even bet pizza money on it. Watch a game. Watch your favorite team. And take um, write down how many times there's a 10 or more point run by a team. And then write down what the betting lines were after those runs. And I'm willing to bet that in most games, you know, 60% of them at least, you're going to be able to create a middle betting on both teams if you bet after those runs have been made. Yes. So the team rips off 12 in a row, and then all of a sudden uh, the other team scores. That's the end of the run. Check the live line, pretend that you bet it, and then keep track of it and see how it goes. And you know, that's what people should do too is paper trade it. You, know, you don't have to put real money in it to, to learn uh, some valuable lessons. I mean, the biggest lesson – uh, maker in the world kid that I know of is losing money. Yeah. You know, that, that wakes you up it, you know, trading up in New York when I used to be a chief currency strategist, there was no greater lesson teacher than, you know, having your face ripped off by the, by the market when you thought it was going to do something else. Uh, so I think that's an important thing. And um, what, what else could I, I say for live strategy that you would want to hear? Well, the other thing is, John, and this is great information, by the way. So obviously, hopefully listeners, you know, take this to heart. Paper trading is a wonderful thing to do if you don't necessarily feel comfortable, you know, doing money. You just put it on paper and, and kind of get yourself confident enough that you place your bets. Now, John, everything you're talking about with live betting, would you recommend only doing this in the first half? Absolutely. And um, 
you get copies of my, my research. So you see it from time to time. It's just basically a strategy. Number one, with live in-game betting, my number one mantra, I think that everyone must have to be successful is you have to have a plan before the game starts. You can't get in there and, and think, oh, okay, well, I, I guess I'm going to take the other team now or I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, because you're going to get all mixed up in the head and nobody can predict these flows. These flows come out of nowhere. A team might look like it's going to get absolutely destroyed and all of a sudden things level out, the momentum starts to change, and then lo and behold, that team actually scores some points and you have a ball game. Uh, so you have to have the plan in place. So what I usually do is, let's say with the Cleveland game this week, put if you're $100 better, put $50 pre-flop now at minus two and a half. Now, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but when the game starts, you're going to want Houston to score first. Ultimately, these playoff games, nobody rarely gets shut out yeah. in, a, in a playoff game. I mean, Iowa didn't score any points in a bowl game, which is extraordinarily rare. But they didn't score any game, many points for two game straight games, John. They didn't score is, any points in the yep. in the uh, Big Ten championship either. I, I that, had the that opportunity to attend that. They, yeah, they didn't do anything. So yeah, and that's consistency, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else it is, but um, so you have the fifty dollars bet pre flop already booked. So what you do then is you hope that Houston scores and scores a touchdown. Field goal doesn't do much to the line in the first quarter. But if, they, if the opponent scores the touchdown first, then that gives you the chance to get the live in-game bet at a very juicy number. Yeah. And let's say our team scores first. Let's say Cleveland goes 3-0 uh, and then 10-0. Uh, and then let's say Houston comes back with back-to-back touchdowns. They score the second touchdown with three minutes to go in the half and retake the lead. There's another opportunity to jump on Cleveland. Yep. So it's either – one or the other, or you do both of those. So 50% then do 25% if Houston scores the touchdown first. If they don't, then you look for Houston to retake the lead, at which point you put the other 50% on at what the market is uh, pricing Cleveland at. Great, great information, John. Boy, that is that is the strategy Thanks. I'm going to take advantage of. I'll tell you that right now for the, for the Browns game because I know many people here in Cleveland will be tuning that on. So, John, as we kind of wrap up a little bit, I'm um, certainly going to give you an opportunity to promote what, what you have going, things like that. But you talked about the Cleveland game. Any other games that maybe somebody should take a look at for this week? You did mention the Eagles. Is that a game we should take a look at? Or is there any others that well, you feel as though, wow, this is this is a game we should put some money on? It, it is. Um, the, the Eagles game is uh, really intriguing. I, I saw the line open, uh, and it opened while the Giants were blowing them out, uh, which caught my attention. And Circa opened them up at minus one and a half favorite it immediately saw money and and some big bets were made right out of the chute and now we're sitting at three yeah so why in the world would a team like philly losers of five of the last six and granted they were 10 and one but that was light years from ago that was just ancient history the defense is playing so bad that it, it reminds me of the of the washington commanders and i know that's an insult to the commanders but that defense <laughs> hasn't been very good Right. And Philly can't stop you and I right now. And I just I was like, whoa, like at, when they were 10 and one, this line, this game would have been nine and a half. No yeah. doubt in my mind. Yeah. Even before the Giants game, it probably would have been I was thinking maybe six. Assuming that the Eagles would have shown up and played and won, and showed something, but it, it got worse. Yeah. So now I, I do think the market is telling you that Philly is the correct bet here. It takes an awful lot of guts to, to stand in front of the, the awful momentum that they have plummeting down on their fan base, but they are not playing in Philly, which is good for them. The fans can be really, really great in Philly. They can be really, really negative. And I'm afraid that in Philly, this game would have started out with booing as soon as they punted the ball and all kinds of nonsense. Going on the road for a team like this is probably the best thing that could have happened. And Tampa Bay, is that's a great story, no doubt about it. But I think Philly is actually the better team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, the news that night stating that, can you believe the Philadelphia Eagles? My goodness gracious, they're back. <laughs> but then they have to play either San Fran or Dallas, so we'll yeah. see if they're back after this one. But I do think they're the right pick. That's outstanding. Uh, your thoughts, just take the spread on that one, John, or money line. What's your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I would, I would say do the same thing as that live in-game strategy, too, because yep. we don't know how the Eagles defense is going to be. Tampa Bay could get up 10 nothing, and then you have that 
that opportunity. Yep. Great information. John, appreciate the time. Uh, tell us what you got going at predictiveplaybook.com. Any, uh, I know you've been running some specials, things like that. What special things could people see on the site? Well, it, I'll be, uh, um, I'll give out this for the week for the playoff wildcard week. If you send me a direct message on, on Twitter at John Ryan sports one or to my email, John Ryan sports at gmail.com. I'll give you the, the wildcard playoff premium picks for free. You get a test drive. You get to see the research. And what I'm proud of, Ken, is that I just don't give out the pick. I, I love illustrating why we're making this decision to put pizza money or $100 or $500 on this game. And I, and I think that's where people do like the service and why I've been doing this for 29 years. Yep, absolutely. And, John, I loved last night with all the hockey picks you had. Wow, did those turn out oh. nice. That was great. Great. Yeah. It was certainly a lot better than Washington. Oh, well, sure. But, I mean, <laughs> I I did my own research, and I think that's what everybody does, and that should be a thing as well. John does the research, but you got to do your own research as well. You're the one yep. that's placing the bet, so do some research. I, I had some money on Washington before you even sent your stuff out, and it kind of doubled back for what I was trying to do. But just the way that game started, I'm like, oh, man. You know what I mean? Just the, the whole thing. But I, I still – you know, once again – Sometimes you do lose bets, but I do think the Washington bet was a good bet, if that makes sense to you. I, I do. Yeah, I think that was, that, was the, that was the right way to go. So yep. but those things happen. Once again, John, obviously you talked about Twitter. Any other places people could find you and uh, look at some of your videos and things like that? Sure. On YouTube, we have the Predictive Playbook uh, TV channel. I write for rotowire.com, so you can easily find me there. Just easy search on their website. And also the predictedplaybook.com, which is my home site. So pick any of them and uh, feel free to ask any question you want. Outstanding. Well, John, thanks for your picks. Once again, you're looking at the Browns and the under, and then also uh, the Eagles as well as they take on the Buccaneers on, on Monday night. John, yep. as always, thank you. If you would give me the pleasure, if you can close us out with your great saying, I greatly appreciate that. Well, here we go. And this is important. It's not meant to be funny, but – Always bet with your head, never over it, and may all the wins be yours. The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips. All right, Ken, here we go. An Alabama man made some unique moves at a Bass Pro Shop. The unidentified 42-year-old crashed his car outside the store. Then he stripped naked. He ran inside and did a cannonball into the store's aquarium. Oh, man. He stood under a waterfall, swam around for about five minutes, and eventually got out of the aquarium where he was arrested. I uh, unfortunately saw the video for that, and that's my eye. I have to bleach my eyes. I'm going to leave it at that. Public lewdness, disorderly conduct, criminal mischief. Among the charges, I don't I don't hear anything about uh, uh, public drunkenness. I don't think he I, was drunk. I, yeah. So we planned that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, a Kentucky family picked out a live Christmas tree last month, as is their tradition. The family had the tree in their house for four days when a carpet cleaner working in the living room noticed something moving on a lower limb the movement was caused by a baby owl oh gosh it climbed up further in the tree and after some searching the carpet cleaner was able to get the owl out and release it in the family's backyard that's like total christmas vacation is what that is that's what pretty it seems much. like pretty much they're probably on america's funniest home videos now is my guess Man in Georgia trying to open a bag of chips. He apparently failed with the normal open the top method that we're all familiar with. So he decided to grab a lighter to help open the chips. Makes sense to me. Sure. Light it up. I don't know how that would help, but okay. A 75-year-old man wound up setting himself on fire. Chips apparently are flammable because they have oil on them. The yes, yes, they do. Yes. Some severe burns. <laughs> oh, my God. How about no that? Knife. We want flame. A Florida man is suing Dunkin' Donuts for 100 grand. 
He says he suffered bodily injury and has needed mental health treatment after a toilet apparently exploded in the store's men's room in January of 2022. <coughs> Paul Kerouac says he is dealing with severe and long-term injuries after the explosion left him <coughs> covered in feces, <laughs> oh, urine, <laughs> and God debris. Sakes. Says he came out of the men's room looking for help from a worker. An employee supposedly told him that they were, quote, aware of the problem with the toilet since there'd been previous incidents. Yeah, he might win. <laughs> He's got a shot since this is not the first time. Yeah. And it sounds like they didn't do anything about the exploding toilet. Yeah. Poor guy's got PTSD. Actually, you know what? I think I would, too. Yeah. Sure. Wow. That's rough. Sports, some scores, 31-21, 14-13, 29-17, 24-7. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Dad joke. Ted, a five dollar bill got kicked out of a bar. Why? The bartender said it was a singles bar. That joke was horrible. We're wrapping up episode number 128 of uh, Two Middle Aged Men in Cleveland. Ted, great show. Special thanks to your wife, Erica Klopp. She was outstanding, by the way. I love it. Uh, this this might be the new segment every couple weeks. <laughs> What's on your DVR? What's, Maybe we never on to talk about some other t topics as well. What's on the DVR? We could break down some rawhide, some bonanza. I like that. We can never like go that. to the uh, spreadsheet. I I need to talk about that at some point in time. Does, do you know of anybody else that has a spreadsheet that has anything to do with bonanza? I do not. Neither do I. I do not. Special uh, thanks to John Ryan, not to be confused with John Krasinski. Um, that is not the same person. He is not on the show. He's not nope. on John Ryan. He's nope. uh good friend and a uh, very good sports better. So appreciate his insight and uh, make sure you follow him on the predictiveplaybook.com. Ted, anything exciting coming up in the next couple of days for you in the next week? Well, and we already yeah, know this... that includes... Ice hockey. Yeah, we, we have this uh, tournament that we'll be going to in Michigan. We're going to try to get – so each team has three games. Okay. Over the course of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. They Actually, the teams, you're either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Okay. And then the finals are Sunday or Monday. We're going to try to get three kids to games for four different teams. Oh, my. Okay. So. Oh, boy. This is going to be uh, interesting logistics. And we'll try all in Ann Arbor. All in Ann Arbor. Uh, within a 40 minute ride. Okay. Yes. Ann Arbor is cool. You've had. Have you had this tournament there before? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places to go and all that stuff. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. I like so, it a lot. Big got fan. that. I do have a quick story. Uh, my uh, middle son was uh, waking up last week and he he woke up and he said, wow, I had a really weird dream. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. I said, well, I want to hear about it. He said, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I said, no, no, no. You got to tell me. I want to hear about it. And he said, uh, he said, well, um, the... The dream involved a kidnapping. There was a kidnapping in my dream. Okay. And I was like, oh, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, there was a kidnapping at school, too. And he said, wait, there was a kidnapping at school? And I said, yeah, but they woke him up. And got to throw in the dad joke. I love it. That's and, very well done. And he sleeps in the top bunk. He looked at me. He fell over in the bunk. I raised my arm and walked out of the room as he hollered, no! So, yeah, I was pretty oh, gosh. proud of that. Pretty proud of that. You should be, my friend. That's very well done. Yes. 
Thank you. Outstanding. Well, thank you to our, uh, once again, our guest, and thanks to for our audience listening. And uh, once again, we'll be back uh, in two weeks. We'll be on a more regular schedule because uh, both Ted and I had a few other things going on around the holidays. And as you know, a few things take precedent over this. That's podcast. right. We're on our Metamucil now, so we should be more regular. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, with that, we'll leave that. And uh, just remember, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.